Right to Bryden is recorded live in front of a YouTube audience. Spooky and I really should be the first people you, you turn to. Anytime there's a big event, you turn to us first. We'll, we'll sort you out. We'll tell you exactly what to think. Don't, don't go out there and think anything on your own. That would be dangerous. Democratic Congresswoman uh, Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii has just told our Van Jones she will run for President of the United States. The longest government shutdown in U.S. history. 22 days, those 800,000 federal employees starting to feel the pinch, about a third of them missing their first paycheck on Friday. To America's journalists. Okay, ah, good. Oh my God, what a, what a mess, what a mess. I, I want to thank the good people over at Streamlabs for always, 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 always updating right before we are uh, about to go live. I love that so much, and I love how they always fix the things. Uh, that I want them to fix, you know, like uh, making, you know, like having the ticker donation, the, the the donation ticker work. I mean, it worked fine before, but you know, I really wanted it to just not work. Uh, I definitely wanted it to constantly update every single bit of media that I've put into here, have it have it sync up with the cl with the cloud right before. I'm trying to uh, get the the waiting screen going and get everything going live. I mean, I love that. I don't know. I don't know what they actually changed. I have no idea what they actually changed. Uh, they'll tell you stuff like that, and we're like, yeah, it uh, just works better with uh, with Overwatch now. Okay, <laughs> okay, it's not what I use it for. It's not what a great number of people use it for. I understand that's probably what the majority of people streaming on the internet use it for. Probably not Overwatch. I think they're playing the Fortnite now. Nobody nobody plays the Overwatch these days. Um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, welcome uh, welcome to the show, folks. It's good to uh, good to be here on a Friday evening uh, or Sunday morning for those of uh, you our, our wonderful and loyal commuters. Uh, Spiky is not with us this evening. Uh, if you remember from the last episode, he said that he. Uh, well, I was having to, having to work a lot more, and that is the case tonight. Um, as for myself, I am here, and I'm ready to, ready to tell you all kinds of cool stuff that you may or may not want to hear. Um, I don't know. I've been, I've been down on the dumps a lot recently, honestly. Like, uh, I've, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, the whole just, like, getting old thing. Like, how just every day I'm just, just getting more and more fucking old. Um, and I'm not an in-shape guy. You know, you guys know that. I'm not an in-shape guy. How, how's the, uh, the OAWD, uh, out there, how's the mic coming through? Is it too, is it too fucking loud? Because it looks to me like it's too fucking loud. If it's too loud, let me know. I'm going to try to, try to get that fixed. Um, it's all, it's always a struggle when we have to last minute change, uh, everything. But, uh, yeah, no, it's just every fucking day, just getting older and older and, and just fatter and like more bitter. Um, you know, I mean, arguably my life is better than it's it's been probably uh, for for a great number of years, if not ever. 
as far as like it's it's rather calm and I do things like go to work and uh, do a podcast that nobody fucking cares about and you know but it's a great hobby it's a good hobby I mean I, I got you know my favorite hobby obviously cigars something I could have never uh, never afforded at, at this at, at this rate that I smoke cigars. But I'm, I'm I'm just still not happy, guys. I'm just not fucking happy. And I don't know if that is like some uh, kind of Republican-esque, old-school Republican-esque desire for, you know, wanting more. Uh, or if it's just that that's just the way that life's always going to be. So I don't know. There's something to think about. Because I know a lot of you guys have sent some tweets out. I know a lot of you guys think about uh, the same stuff that I do. As you're getting older... You know, you're in your 30s now, you're early 30s, I'm 31 myself, you start thinking like, fuck, like, prostate cancer is a thing, and a lot of guys get it. I don't, I, I don't know, I don't want that. Now, for the smartasses out there, you're really, really not likely to get uh, cancer from cigars. You're not. You're 1% to 2% more likely. That's slim to nil. It's worth it. They're not like cigarettes. Cigarettes will definitely give you the cancer. But uh, before we get the show started, I, I, I thought this was funny. Because while it sucks to be, uh, you know, becoming an old man, It's probably worse now to be young than it ever has been. But, like, a lot, probably. This comes from the Washington Examiner. Campus police want students to report acts of bias. Social media posts from the University of Illinois campus police are encouraging students to report, quote, acts of intolerance to the school's bias assessment and response team. The bias assessment and response team. So, like, I mean, think about this. Like, uh, you're playing Call of Duty, you know, with PewDiePie. He says the N-word. And then the bias assessment and response team swats into your fucking door. Oh, no, I don't think that they're like that. They're a team of shitty Jewish women and... Okay, yeah, yeah. No, that's what they are. At least one officer of the University of Illinois uh, is a member of the team's bias response team. This certainly conflates physical safety with being uncomfortable around non-politically correct individuals. Now, you got to understand that comes from uh, the Washington Examiner. Uh, so, so, you know, I'm, I'm reading it with that tone. Not that I disagree, but I'm just, it's with that, that's where it comes from. So, what is bias? According to the Bias Assessment and Response Team, they define it as actions or expressions that are motivated, at least in part, by prejudice against or hostility toward a person or group because of that person or group's actual or perceived age, disability, slash ability status, ethnicity, gender, gender identity, slash expression, national origin, race, religion, slash spirituality, sexual orientation, socioeconomic class, etc., those reported for bias may be required to participate uh, participate in mediation, it's, quote, educational conversations or resolution agreements and may receive referrals to other offices at the school. In some cases, incidents which are deemed as possible violations of the student code can be forwarded to student discipline system. 
I think I'm okay with getting old. <laughs> I mean, if anything, you know what? Maybe this college is just really cluing people in for, for what the workplace is going to be like. Because uh, that just sounds like an HR department. Um, except so much worse. But college is supposed to be a place for, you know, finding yourself or whatever, you know, right? I, I think instead it's just a way to, like, find out how bad the world really is going to be when you get into it. It's, it's pretty bad. But if they're going to be turning them over uh, to the police, I don't know. I'm pretty happy I'm uh, pretty happy I'm getting old. So, folks, we got a lot on the old uh, agenda, a lot on, uh, a lot on the docket today. Um, bad news out of Florida, but it's not all bad news. Just a little bit of what people who should be doing a lot more than us happen to miss. Um, but I think they're going to fix it. Uh, Mueller, uh, we we have like some some tired, drudged up news on Mueller that'll take about thirty five seconds, and we could probably do it now, actually. But I've got a nice order in which I want to do things. We're really going to rely heavily on uh, every fucking Democrat in the world has decided now that they are going to run for president in 2020. That's hilarious to me. Uh, Congress is, as we would expect it to be, an absolute fucking shit show at the moment. Uh, I've got a few court rulings that I want to go over. The shutdown persists as it is now the longest running shutdown in U.S. history. Yet another win for Trump making his name and legacy. Uh... In, in, in that, and, and there's been a lot of uh, bitchy tweets as a result of it. But, um, yeah, I don't know, folks. Uh, let's go ahead, and here we go with, with my favorite bumper, and we'll get, the, we'll get this show started. Live from Ohio in the OIWD studios, recovering from Xanax and stealing Rush Limbaugh's Oxycontins, it's right to bright. Human again! Florida felons emotional as they begin registering to vote. It's 20 seconds, so we can just play it. Accused of sexual battery on a teenage... That is not the right one. This is not the right one. They started playing other ones. Sorry about that. We'll get this uh, going here. Voting in favor of Amendment 4 last night, restoring voting rights to more than a million convicted felons after they have served their sentences. Previously, Florida was one of three states that barred anyone who has committed a felony from casting a ballot. NBC6 anchor Dan Grossman is live in downtown Miami with more on the controversial issue. Dan? Yeah, so this was one of those issues that was uh, uh, brought onto the ballot by voters. Enough people signed the petition to be able to get it on there. And that support showed through the polls last night. At 64% of people voting yes, only five percentage points separated Amendment 4 from failing. 5.1 million votes that now adds roughly 1.4 million voters to Florida's base. Okay, hold on. Let's look at that really quick before we... Before we hear from Aunt Jemima here, which is really the whole reason I wanted you to hear the damn thing. And I was wrong about it. It's, this is it's a minute, not 20 seconds. But, okay, it was 5 million votes that separated whether or not felons in Florida should be able to vote. Man, didn't we have so much trouble in Florida? But we were only looking at 
couple races, right? I wonder why. I wonder what's up with all those other ballots. Because I don't believe, maybe I'm wrong, maybe somebody can tell me, maybe I'm wrong here. I don't believe that they threw them out. They might have. They might have. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not aware of such things. But upon hearing this, uh, that's what I thought is, well, that seems weird. But that's that's fine. Uh, I, I, I fully believe that that's going to get, you know, overturned. They're not going to allow felons to vote. Uh, after after the, 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 it's going to go to court, the Florida Supreme Court's going to have to deal with it. That's okay. We'll deal with it. I promise. But here's Aunt Jemima afterwards. Hold on. Roughly 1.4 million voters to Florida's base. I'm ready to register to vote. Some of my good friends that are standing behind me are ready to register to vote. Valencia Gunder says she is one of those people. Gunder is an organizer at the New Florida Majority, a group that fights for what Amendment 4 now decrees. That all felons, outside of those who commit murder or sexual assault, will now have their voting rights reinstated upon release. If we can get 1.4 million people their rights back to vote, just imagine the things that we'll be able to do in the near future. If we can get 1.4 million people's rights to votes restored, imagine what we can do within the near futures. That's exactly what I'm worried about. That's exactly what I'm worried about. Now, on a personal level, should felons who haven't raped anybody or killed anybody be able to vote? Well, they can in most states. But Florida's got those weird types of felons. Where, like... If you're running down the street with a zucchini into your asshole, you get a felony of some sort, or at least should, and I'm not sure that guy has the mental capacity to vote. And that, with the influx of just countless Hispanics who are not Cuban and are not going to vote the way that we want to, from a strategic standpoint, I don't like it very much at all. So I understand I'm, I'm not thinking like a conservative by standing by my principles here, that I, I think ultimately, in a perfect world, they should be able to vote. I'm thinking in elections going forward, presidential elections especially going forward. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not thinking that that's going to work out very well for us. And I'm not sure if you could... I, I know that it was very light. Uh, it, it's, it's, for some reason, it was... It, it's, not very loud for me either. There's nothing that I can do about that. I don't make the internet as much as I wish that I did. But that... that, that she was a fat-ass black lady. She was a very, very fat fucking bitch. And those are the types of people that are... Oh, she's just so excited to vote. She's so excited to vote. But don't worry. Don't worry too much about that. Because that's more just nonsense. That will end up not... Uh, not not being a thing. That's going to get overturned. They're celebrating that little win there. But I do. I, w I wonder if anybody knows more about Florida than I do. I'd like to know. I mean, did, did their ballot measure vote on that still get counted? And, and you know, how did that go out? But we've got uh, uh, another real fun one. And that one comes with a, uh, a sound bite as well. And this one we're going to dissect just a little bit. Um... You know Meacham, right? That motherfucker. He's he's a real piece of shit. So he gets on uh, uh, MSNBC and is talking all of this nonsense. 
New York Times, uh, you know, is okay. FBI opened inquiry into whether Trump was secretly working on behalf of Russia. And the reason that they did that was because, and this is something we've been told before, something we've talked about on this show before. This is old news. Because he fired James Comey. And he fired James Comey at the advice of Rod Rosenstein, the now Deputy Attorney General who is supposed to be uh, stepping down as a result of Bill Barr, who I do not like. The negotiations for him to take the job was he got to pick his own Deputy Attorney General. Now, Rod Rosenstein has said he will step down when the Mueller investigation is through. So, whether or not that is a clue that the Mueller investigation is coming to an end, which I doubt, or if he's just going to step down, either way, there's, there's going to be hell to pay. But, you get Meachin's motherfucking ass all over all over MSNBC. And I know a lot of you guys don't pay a lot of attention to MSNBC because it's an absolute nightmare of a network. Well, we got Don Lemonhead on here with fucking... I haven't picked a name for him yet, Meacham, but uh, I, I think he just has a bad enough name as it is. Listen to this. Listen to this nonsense. We're going to have to pause quite a bit because I get, I get a little mad sometimes. Back as we continue to cover this bombshell reporting in the New York Times. See, I'm all kinds of fucked up with my clips. We have Don Lemonhead later in the program. Tonight, it is worth stressing this detail, and we quote, counterintelligence investigators had to consider whether the president's own actions constituted a possible threat to national security. No guest we'd rather have tonight, Pulitzer Prize-winning author and historian John Meacham. His latest work is... The soul of America. John, I was going to tell you, America. if you're going to clear those better angels of yours for takeoff, remember the air traffic controllers are working without salaries. Um, I have racked my meager brain to think of situations. Well, at least you're honest. Situations that this country has been in, presidents we have had, anything like this. Okay, first of all, the way that he needed to work in, like, just by the way, John. Uh, I'm out here from a very cozy studio, uh, and uh, just remember, you know, uh, th there's people working without pay. This is not relevant at all to this New York Times story at all. That's just putting a dig in there. Uh, I have whiffed, uh, and we're you looking whipped to buttholes? you for historical You whipped buttholes? Well, all I got, and it's not much, is uh, know. the last days of Nixon, uh, ah. when uh, James Slazinger, the Secretary of Defense, uh, is reported to have issued orders saying that any military Listen command that came from the White Okay, hold on. No, 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 no. Listen to this bullshit. All I've got, and it's not much, is complete, absolute fucking nonsense. Uh, Nixon, and then what he's about to say is uh, uh, a, a rumor about how, uh, well, he's alluding to the fact that Donald Trump is going to have, uh, you know, he's, he's going to refuse to leave the White House and have the military stand around. And, and, and that was a rumor that Nixon was going to do the same thing. And Donald Trump is Nixon, and, 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 and Nixon is the worst president that's ever been happening. He was so, so corrupt. He was so corrupt. And Donald Trump is a million times Nixon. Last days of Nixon, uh, when uh, James Slazinger, the Secretary of Defense, uh, is reported to have issued orders saying that any military command that came from the White House had to be cleared by him. He was worried about tanks coming uh, to the city, worried about Nixon barricading himself and, and, and fighting it out. And fighting it that's out. about it. Uh, we're in a remarkable place where 
And there are many problems with Woodrow Wilson, but Wilson, when he was, before he was president, uh, was obviously at Princeton, and he gave a series of lectures, actually at Columbia, about the presidency. And he said that the president, by law and custom, can be as big a man as he can. And I think what we're seeing again and again and again is that the incumbent is proving that the president can be as small a man as, as one can. Uh, whether you look at all these different fronts and you, you have the sort of the emergency conversation. I, w I want to stop that there for a second. Did you guys catch that? The incumbent? He's already 20. He's already 2020. You know, he's already going for the fucking 20. The incumbent. The incumbent. As if he has a chance of being. Uh, it's it's the, the language used is just something else. You got to remember that these people sit around and they think that you're a huge fucking scumbag. Like I, I station, which is deeply important and, and complicated, but we've really never had. And if we have, it's it's classified and, and, and lost to history, at least so far, a president of the United States who was considered to be possibly an asset of a foreign government. By who? By who besides besides the dingbats in Washington D.C. over there in the Rust Belt, or the lunatics out uh, on on the the coast, the dum dums that listen to MSNBC, or worse yet, CNN? By who? Largely considered to, you know, possibly be an asset of a foreign nation, like. There's tons of reasons to not like President Trump. You can be say, I'm a Democrat and I don't like him because I didn't vote for him and I wanted Hillary Clinton and I don't think that he's doing a good job. That works so much better than he's an asset of a foreign nation. We've seen this time and time and time again just fall through the... It, it just fall through of uh, the test of reality we've talked about on this show why president trump fired james comey it was at the advice of rob of, of rod rosenstein they're just and remember we were told before oh yeah it actually that wasn't why uh, we opened the investigation. Uh, there was a FISA thing. We're still not exactly sure where this invest investigation began. We've never been given a clear answer on that. Now, I'm sure some people know. But, man, what a weird turn if you come... I mean, if you think of it, right? Well, now we could go back to, hey, this is where it began... Maybe we can kind of get the story away from uh, potential FISA warrant abuse. Because you know that there's an IG report due at some point. I don't know when we get it. Those things take forever. And the last one was great up until the last lines about potential FISA warrant abuse. Of which I am almost certain that there was. Nobody seems to care. Somebody on Twitter actually had the uh, uh, the, the very great insight. Um, I retweeted this. I quote tweeted it. And I said, Rod Rosenstein told Trump to fire Comey. And he said, you're just wasting your energy at this point. And I think that's probably sadly true. 
Because this motherfucker can just get on TV and just say all of this. New York Times can just write these retarded fucking articles. And we'll get into some of my favorite lines of the articles here in a second. This is what the founders were worried about in the yes. uh, 1790s. Uh, the, the Jeffersonians worried that Washington and Hamilton might be British agents. Washington and Adams and Hamilton worried that Jefferson might be a French agent. But that was in a kind of fevered political atmosphere. There was no FBI. As opposed to this political atmosphere, which is not 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 fevered in, in the least bit. But you get what he's saying, right? He's telling you that Thomas Jefferson uh, would have hated Donald Trump. All of these people would have just hated Donald Trump. Donald Trump goes against the founding of this nation, which was clearly about trannies in the military, uh, as much intervention in the Middle East as possible. Um, you know, just... Do you know the Founding Fathers didn't like Germans even, right? Like, that's... It's just true. I forget who it was. I think it was... Uh, I want to say Franklin. It might have been... It was one of those old niggas. But they were even... Uh, in some bullshit writings, they were writing back and forth, and they were like, eh, that's so sure about these, like, Germans. Maybe if they come over, they can't vote for, like, five years, something like that. Because, you know, they'll start to bring German cultures and stuff, and we don't want that. The, this is what the founding fathers were worried about: was Donald J. Trump. He, we're we're at such a const, a point of constitutional crisis that that he would have he would have been slain by Jefferson to investigate it. And I think the report in the Times tonight has, if anything, could possibly elevate the stakes of our current moment. That did it. Our viewers know we turn to you, we turn to Michael Beschloss to ask this very question. And, and we ask you intellectually to turn on a dime and tell us how this will be viewed years later. I think this <laughs> yeah. one, uh, even you, I know you do. could have some migration in your thinking tomorrow morning, next week, looking mm -hmm. back at this headline in the New York Times tonight. The whole story about Russia, or Trump, Trump and Russia, as he himself uh, wonderfully called it, is this slow-moving, uh, unfolding story. Uh, the negative, the, the worst possible scenario here is we're like the Titanic steaming through the North Atlantic, and we know the the iceberg is there. We're not sure how big it is, and the Carpathia won't answer our distress calls. I think that's kind of where we are. You want to know a really fun story about the Titanic? And I think it's apt, it's very apt what Meacham just said. It's completely... You know, I think we are on the Titanic. I think we are on the Titanic. Um, fun story about the Titanic. You know, the Titanic was going extremely fast when it was, uh, when it was sailing along. Uh, and you might think, like, why, why the hell would that uh, would that be when they knew there was icebergs and all of that shit out there? They knew it was out there. Well, it's because there was a coal fire even before the Titanic set sail. And they decided, well, fuck, we can't lose all this money. So they just set sail anyway and told them, eh, just, just deal with it and kind of close the room off and that'll be okay. Well, in that example, the deep state is... The coal fire on the Titanic. I, I am inclined to agree, Mr. Meacham, that we are on the Titanic. But this Russia collusion bullshit isn't the iceberg. It's our lying, 
media, our deep state coal fire that are propelling us forward and forward and forward and forward towards an iceberg. You're going to push the American people into a place where they're, they're, they're going to be less trustful of the government than they ever could have imagined on both sides of these things. Because you've lied about the president. You people have lied about the president repeatedly. The entire, long before he was in office, you started lying. But the entire time, this Mueller investigation, everything, it's just been a big barrel of lies. And I think every, every normal thinking person knows that. But you just, you accept that there's dummies out there. From the OIWD studios, this is Right to Brighton. Who's running for president? Oh, man, it seems like everybody. I'm pretty excited about it, to be uh, quite honest with you folks. Kamala Harris has not announced just yet, and people are actually getting antsy. Oh, and I forgot to go into the details of that New York Times report. It's it's fine. The only thing that I really wanted to talk about was they, uh, <laughs> they called him Robert S. Mueller III. <laughs> Uh, whatever. We're kind of all over the place tonight, guys. I uh, I didn't want to do the show anyway, honestly. But you know, when I found out Spiggy wasn't showing up, but you know, Spiggy will do it. We'll do it. Maybe I'll stop flying into things, you know, like the Titanic. Kamala Harris ready to enter race for president. Sources say she's finalizing plans for Bay Area rally to announce candidacy. This is bad news, I think, and. Uh, there are uh, there, there are advisors all over the place telling her that it's bad news. She's going to announce at a rally in Oakland. The majority of the country looks at California as crazy anyway. They look at the San Francisco area. Excuse me. Uh, the San Francisco area as crazy anyway. That's a big risk. That is a big risk. I can't wait to see it. She's got to do it, and she has to do it soon, because otherwise she's going to look like she's not, uh, like she's not, I, I don't want to say not serious about it, because it's not that she's not serious about it. It looks like she's uh, not as strong as she wants to come out and be. I think Kamala Harris is going to be running, and, and somewhat serious about running. I also think that she's more likely to end up in a VP spot if they get anybody who's more likable. Because even with Democrats, they're going to look at the Bay Area and say, yeah, it's a little, uh, don't think she can win. I'm going to back uh, Joe Biden. Now let's look at Joe Biden. Lunchbox Joe. Creepy Joe. Anything you want to call him, really, he's a fucking creep. I didn't know he had a little brother. Apparently he does. Frank Biden thinks his older brother Joe will run for president in 2020, and he can win by avoiding the arrogant mistakes that doomed Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign. I do. I do think that Joe Biden actually could have a chance of winning. Now, it would all come down to how Trump handled those debates. I've told you guys a thousand times. What I want is for Joe Biden to fucking run, 
so that I could see two racist grandpas try to not be racist and just throw jabs at each other because holy fucking shit, that's going to make for great radio. Ultimately, I'm going to vote for Trump. I've already decided who I'm voting for. I, I hope that all of you have as well. Although maybe we'll get John McAfee on here and maybe he can convince me otherwise. We are trying to get Mr. McAfee on. He did agree and then Spicky's the one who's handling those. He's not the, normally the guy who handles those things, but he is. But let's just be honest. I'm voting for Trump. But Frank Biden, 65-year-old Frank Biden, who is a non-lawyer senior advisor at the Berman Law Group, told the Post his family is expected to meet very soon to help finalize the former vice president's decision on 2020. And Joe Biden's wife, Jill, and sister Valerie Biden Owens hold the most sway. So I don't know exactly how true this is. I just know Frank Biden looks exactly like Joe Biden, and it's weird. I think he should be his running mate. Biden, Biden, 2020. That would be fucking hilarious. And they could just said the slogan could be Biden time. <laughs> that'd be good. Oh, that'd be good. Uh, you know, he goes on, he talks about their family, and I don't, I don't really care too much about that, but. I, I, I do expect uh, I do expect Joe Biden to at least make a bid sometime here soon. He kind of has to. I think everybody expects him to. The only way that he wouldn't would be kind of like it says there, if it's his family, it's like, just fucking fuck off. Now, how could Joe Biden win? Joe Biden could win because he's bringing back the glory days. Everything's going to be fine again because he was part of the Obama White House. Now, he would have to have Kamala Harris, Beto O'Rourke, someone like that as his VP, of which Beto is clearly running for. Beto is going to announce something, but he's just gunning for a VP slot. That's what it is. I think Kamala is kind of in the same realm. Warren is off of her rocker. She's she's doing it for the, 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 you know, ultimately getting the speaking uh, engagement money, ultimately getting, you know, another book out there, uh, of which I guess she has written nine or something like that. If Spicky was here, he knows. And I'm sure you guys probably know, too. I, I, I don't see her as serious. Joe Biden, I could see as uh, a serious candidate. I could see this DNC fucking up and electing Kamala Harris. And then I don't know who the VP is. Probably Beto. Beto, Kamala. I could I could see that really being the ticket. Now, there is one person that has been announced uh, that... And then we'll get to the like the one <laughs> nerd that nobody cares about. But uh, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Who? Let's see if this loads. So, Tulsi... Is, is it going to load? Yeah. There's some common sense ideas like this, you know, technology, innovation, or whatever but it's hard to get them done with the existing uh, arrangement. Are you gonna run for president of the United States and do something about it? Do you think she should? Do you think she should? Are you gonna run? <laughs> I have decided to run and will be making a formal announcement within the next week. Whoa. Formal announcement, formal. What is this? Formal announcement. Oh, I have decided to run out with making a formal announcement. What does that mean? What does that mean? What? This is how these people are. This is how, oh, I haven't made a formal announcement to run. 
You guys remember when Trump decided he was going to run? He just came on down the escalator and was like, Hey, what's up? I'm going to be president, bitches. And then everyone was like, yeah, finally. What is this formal announcement? Exploratory community nonsense. So what do we know about Tulsi Gabbard? Not too terribly much. The GOP has already started attacking her uh, with tweets, and this is interesting. No Democrat is a match for the record number of accomplishments under uh, real Donald Trump, but here's some of what you need to know about Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, Assad's mouthpiece in Washington is what they say. Held a controversial secret meeting with Assad in 2017. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't think there's too much... Uh, I, and maybe I'm wrong here. I'm not. I I don't like the amount of right wing people that are like, yeah, Tulsi Gabbard on here. But I think it has to do with the Assad stuff. I think uh, you know, not wanting to uh, have war with Syria, that's a good thing. Only Democrat to vote against condemning the Assad regime's violent uh, violence against civilians. You remember those gas attacks there? The you know the the gas attacks. Which were they chlorine? Were they serine? Well, did we ever find out which ones? By the way, have there been more of those now that we're pulling out of Syria? I think that I heard a, a whisper. Progressives have blasted her on a wide range of issues, from foreign policy to immigration to her 180-degree uh, turn on social issues, of which apparently one of those was like gays. Uh, resigned from DNC to support Bernie Sanders. So what's this tweet from the GOP? The tweet from the GOP is like trying to like sow weird division, but they're doing a really piss poor job of it because everybody in the GOP is a fucking retard. But hey, I applaud the effort. Now let's get this fella, because uh, I, I don't know if anybody knows much about the old Tulsi Gabbard that anybody gives a fuck about, let me know. But the thing is, she's not going to be the nominee. She's not. She's not even going to get the VP slot. This is like a weird thing. It's so strange to see the people. Now, here's another fucking who. Julian Castro. These things. You see, I learned from my mother so many years ago in this community that when we want change, we don't wait for change, we work for it. When my grandmother got here almost 100 years ago, I'm sure that she never could have imagined that just two generations later, one of her grandsons would be serving as a member of the United States Congress, and the other would be standing with you here today to say these words, I am a candidate for President of the United States of America. Now, who does that remind you of? Who is he trying to sound like? Do I have to play it back? Did y'all pick up on that? Julian Castro, uh, former Housing and Urban Development Secretary from 2014 to 2017 under Obama. Who gives a fuck? Who is this guy? He looks like Khan from King of the Hill. He's a weird-looking guy. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the look, and nobody knows who he is. There's people with the signs. Julian, yay! Right, what did the GOP have to say uh, say about him? Now this is, I mean, this is their strategy. These GOP tweets, and they're pretty funny. Like they are pretty funny. 
But the GOP is uh, nerdy. And they're almost as nerdy as the fuck. They'll never be as nerdy as the DNC. But good God, they're trying. I thought these tweets are like, they're funny, but they're really not funny. Honestly, okay, I take that back. They're not funny at all. They're just kind of fucking gay. There's a couple things that are funny. But Julian Castro, they call him the lightweight. The liberal Vox.com calls him a lightweight who lacks prerequisite policy knowledge and experience. Castro was mayor of Antonio, a weak and largely ceremonial role. That one, I got to say, I don't get. You're the mayor. Whatever. Castro was disengaged and would freeze up during policy discussions while uh, while HUD secretary. Progressives blast him for selling mortgages to Wall Street. Tim Kaine speaks better in Spanish than Julian Castro. That's funny. That's actually the only funny part there. Now we got one more, and then I will get to the point of all of this, I promise. I know that you're like, Bryden, what are you doing here? You're trashing the GOP. You know, you're 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 seemingly backing up some of these guys. Just I promise I'll get to it. Stacey Abrams huddles with top Democrats to discuss 2020 Senate bid. Stacey Abrams, the failed Democratic Georgia gubernatorial candidate, met with top Democrats in Washington, D.C. this week to discuss a possible U.S. Senate run in 2020. What does that look like? What does that what does that start to look like to you guys? Exasperated Democrats try to rein in Ocasio-Cortez. Alexandria uh, Casio keyboard is already making enemies in the House Democratic Caucus, and some of its members are mounting an operation to bring the anti-establishment Democratic Socialists with 2.2 million Twitter followers into the fold. The effort, described by nearly 20 lawmakers and aides, is part carrot, part stick. Some lawmakers with ties to uh, Casio keyboard are hoping to coax her into using her star power to unite Democrats and turn her fire on Republicans. So who do we have? We have Kamala Harris who's fake woke. We got Biden, who's old school establishment and part of like, he's liked by the Gen X crowd, the boomer Democrats. We have Tulsi Gabbard, who's seemingly liked by Republicans. Stacey Abrams is wanting to get into the fucking Senate. Nobody knows, nobody still knows who Julian Castro is, but the GOP is going after them regardless. Nobody here besides Biden has a fucking chance. The party is in the process of tearing it a fucking apart. They've got so many of these people. It's, it's finally come home to roost. The progressive bullshit that they've been pushing into schools and street activism, etc. These people are finally old enough and capable enough and plentiful enough to start winning bullshit elections. Stacey Abrams is never going to be a fucking senator. That's never going to happen. Elizabeth Warren's popularity has completely tanked in the last two years. To a point that's it's irredeemably bad. You've got, uh, you've got Van Jones excited about Tulsi Gabbard. Well, now they're going to hate Van Jones. If anybody thinks that they know who the uh, 2020 nominee is going to be, please let me know. Because the only viable one at this point is Joe Biden. And you know how that's going to go? Like a bag of shit left on a church door. Well, the Democrats would like that. Okay, bacon on a mosque door handle. They're not going to be thrilled about it, no matter what. You could get Biden with Kamala Harris. You, could get, you can't have Biden and Beto. 
Because if you have Beto, he looks too much like a white guy, even though he's pretending to be a Hispanic. He's an Irishman. What do you got? What do you fucking have? And then when you've got Casio Keyboard over here tearing the house apart, do you know what Stacey Abrams would do to the fucking Senate? She'd just be another loud black bitch, and that's the last thing that they really can stand right now. The fake woke crowd versus the uh, the woke crowd. This is going to be something really fucking clever and funny, and I cannot wait to watch it happen. Just... What, I, what can you do? OIWD presents Right to Bryden 100% correct 70% accurate I like Steve King and so do you but the fact is he's probably going to get into trouble uh, uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, as much as it pains me to say that, suggested Friday that the House will take some punitive action against Representative Steve King, who's under fire from both parties for recent comments defending the white supremacist label. It's not exactly how it went down, but and he actually apologized for it and ended up saying it was a freshman comment. Um, you know, Steve King, he's the guy who, who, who has repeatedly said that demographics are destiny and, 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 and all of that. Uh, overall seems like a pretty reasonable fella, but Hey, you can't do that. And to be fair, he says like white nationalists, white supremacists, Western civilization. How did that language become offensive? Um, I, I could, I could see why that's a bit of a misstep. Probably wasn't exactly a, uh, a great, a great, uh, thing to say. But he's right on the Western civilization part. And to be fair, he was talking about, you know, it's why the phrase is offensive, etc. I mean, it, it was convoluted bullshit, and he slipped up. He shouldn't have said that. But to, for them to now take punitive action, which I actually, I don't think that they will. Just on a hunch. Now, I'm, I'm probably wrong, but just on a hunch, I think that this is Pelosi saying, uh, yeah, we're going to do that, and then they're not going to do it. But boy, howdy, wouldn't, wouldn't, they, look, uh, wouldn't they look totally united against uh, a guy who largely, Steve King has no fucking power, really. I mean, if we get down to it. Wouldn't they look united against uh, a guy? King attempted to defuse the conversation on Friday, saying during a speech on the House floor, he regrets the heartburn his remarks have caused in Congress uh, and Iowa. One phrase that in a long article has created an, un an unnecessary controversy. That was my mistake, King said. I have never been anti-immigrant. I have been anti-illegal immigrant, and I remain that way. Well, you know, don't, don't, don't give up now, man. <laughs> Uh, when, when, uh, people with opinions similar to King's open their mouths, they damage not only the Republican party and the conservative brand, but also our nation as a whole. Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina, who is African American wrote Friday in a Washington post democracy dies in darkness opinion piece. Pelosi on Friday noted controversial comments from King in the past, but also alluded to some of the incendiary remarks that have uh, emanated from the White House in recent years, which has included racially charged comments from the president himself. Yeah, I remember when the president just got on. Do you remember that last State of the Union where he just got out there and just said the N-word like 80 fucking times? 
that was lit, dude. That was a really good one. He said, terrible things, Pelosi said of King. Terrible things that have been said by other people in this administration as well. I am, I'm a, I, 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 I'm not surprised that people are mad about it. Um, it seems like he fucked up. Uh, probably not a thing you can get away with saying. Like, honestly, it's probably not a thing that you can get away with saying. But I, I really will be shocked if there's any quote-unquote punitive action. Like, they'll, they'll be like, it's a formal wagging of the finger against you, Mr. King. And that'll hands down be the end of it. But meanwhile, in the Senate, man, we've got some interesting stuff going on in the Senate. Things that are quite uh, upsetting to me. Dianne Feinstein pushes ban on 205 commonly owned semi-automatic guns. The various firearms, pistols among them, are to be prohibited under the Assault Weapons Ban of 2019, introduced by Dianne Feinstein, who had a uh, Chinese spy as her limo driver for like 20 years, just saying she's really competent in all of this. On January 10, 2019, Breitbart reported that the ban was focused on commonly owned semiotic firearms and, quote, high-capacity magazines. Feinstein announced on Twitter, Americans across the nation are asking Congress to reinstate the federal ban on military-style assault weapons. What does that mean? And high-capacity magazines. Again, what, what does that mean? A high-capacity magazine in New York City is anything more than three? If we're, if we're going to put a stop to mass shootings and protect our children, we need to get these black people off their... Oh, no, that's not what she said. We need to get these weapons of war off our streets. Okay. Sorry, I thought she almost made sense for a second. A press release describing the ban explains that Feinstein is gunning for 205 specific commonly owned semi-automatic firearms. Additionally, she calls for a ban on any assault pistol that weighs more than 50 ounces. Yeah, you know, it's the weight of the gun that really... Um, do you remember Virginia Tech when that, guy, when that Asian fella pistol whipped all those people to death? If if only his gun was lighter, they might have they might have survived. She's a fucking idiot, and she seeks a ban on assault pistol stabilizing braces that transform assault pistols into assault rifles by allowing the shooter to shoulder the weapon and fire more accurately. Assault pistol stabilizing braces that transform assault pistols into assault rifles by allowing the shooter to shoulder the weapon and fire more accurately. I don't think Diane Feinstein's ever seen a gun. I don't think she's played Counter-Strike. <laughs> She says Americans who already own any of the 205 commonly owned semi-automatic firearms can have them grandfathered in. So then... Like, what are you solving? What are you solving, Diane? Oh, my God. Like, there's, just, there's, not, mu there, there's not much sense to this outside of... Well, in 20 years, what? What, in 20 years, those grandfathered-in things will still be available for sale and uh, 
shit, if we don't, you know, do something about the border, they'll be coming up from Mexico anyway. Like, I don't understand. It's just, it is textbook chipping away. However, she wants universal background checks applied to them, and they could change, uh, should they change hands in the future. Oh, there it is. You guys know what universal background checks are, right? Now, people act like, the pollsters act like people are fine with the universal background checks. Uh, and, and most of them, you say, like, universal background checks, are you cool with that? People are like, yeah, man, people should have background checks to get guns. I understand that because you don't want, like, you know, insane people, felons, anything like that getting guns. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, but what we meant is that it was going to, like, cost a fucking fortune. It would be, like, $500 to get a background check. Plus, you're going to have to get everybody in your in your apartment building background checked. And 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 there you go for that. It's funny, if you go down these polls and the, with the questions, it degrades away from, like, yeah, to, oh, that seems excessive. But, you know, all those people that do all these illegal shootings in Chicago and stuff like that, they, they've gone through background checks, they bought their guns legally, all of that. But those aren't mass shootings because black people did them. This is only when white people, who are some oftentimes Jews or Hispanic go to schools or movie theaters or anything like that. The goal here is to clearly find and track them so that the government knows exactly who owns one should the grandfathering clause be done away with, yada, yada. I, yeah, thank you, Breitbart. And then, you know, now they're just editorializing. I, th this doesn't really have much of a shot. This doesn't have much of a shot at all. No pun intended. I didn't mean it like that. Uh, doesn't have much of a shot at passing, though. I'm not. Um, I'm not hurt by it. I don't think anybody uh, should be too worried since we've got the majority uh, in the Senate. But someday we won't. And boy, howdy, is that going to suck a load of dick? Because that's eh, just the whole point. That's just the point. Eventually, they are going to fuck over your guns, dude. Like, I'm not here to tell you that we're ultimately going to win shit. Um, but hey. We've got good news coming up on the courts, so I don't know. Uh, buy the new uh, Ashkenazi shirt or whatever. That's pretty funny. Um, and uh, we'll see you uh, just right after this. You said no. Okay. Um, well, hey. When do gun bans work for us? Huh? This one's kind of really funny. Ninth Circuit Court upholds ban on uh, gun possession by undocumented immigrants. So, you know, the Ninth Circuit uh, is that San Francisco court that always fucks us over every time Trump wants to do something. And I forget who said the famous line, but it is eventually the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals will uh, claim the Constitution is unconstitutional. They're all pieces of shit over there. But I can't imagine how they uh, had to ha had to really levy this one. Like how they had to think about this one. Because one, illegals should be able to do whatever the hell they want. But two, shit, they hate guns. So, uh, yeah, they, 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 they decided to uphold, uh, <laughs> they, uh, uphold that illegals uh, should not uh, be allowed to have guns. And, and this was uh, this from a, a case of a San Jose man, Victor Manuel Torres. Actually, shit, I remember that one. It was from back in 2005. 
An illegal from Mexico in 2005 at age 20, Torres had previously come to San Jose with his mother as a child, but he was sent back to Mexico by his family and, uh, after he was expelled from school in San Jose because of gang activity. In 2014, he was found to have a loaded revolver in his backpack after he was arrested in Los Gatos, the kiddies. On suspicion of trying to sell a stolen bicycle, Torres was convicted in federal court in San Jose and sentenced to two years and three months in prison for being an illegal immigrant in possession of a, in possession of a gun. In his appeal, Torres claimed that the federal law violated his constitutional Second Amendment right to possess firearms. But the appeals court said that while it was unclear whether undocumented immigrants have Second Amendment rights, they don't! You don't have any fucking rights, really, man. Go home. The law banning gun possession by that group is a valid exercise in, con in Congress's authority. A three-judge panel unanimously said the government's interest in controlling crime and ensuring public safety are promoted by keeping firearms out of the hands of unlawful aliens. So that's kind of a weird one. That one's kind of a weird one as to, you know, when when do banning of guns work for us? Um, you got to kind of ask yourself and I'd, I'd love to I'd love to, 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 to do a poll uh, of the Trumpian conservatives. Kind of where where do you where do you stand all that? Because personally, I think that every U.S. citizen should have a gun. But this person is not a U.S. citizen. Um, they're clearly someone with a history of gang activity and an illegal firearm. Um, no good. But on the other end, yeah, I really like the idea of like uh, the government knowing who does and doesn't have a firearm, ideally. Again, we're coming down to ideally, like we did with the felons voting. And I like how this uh, San Francisco CBS uh, article, the Second Amendment guarantees the right of the people to keep and bear arms. <laughs> Everybody in San Francisco is like, no, I'm pretty sure it said muskets in there, okay? So that's interesting. That's a good good little thing. I think we're going to be able to wrap this one up early, folks. I only have like 10 more articles. Uh, and we'll go to this one, and then we'll get to the, the, the very obvious one. Third Circuit rejects DNC's challenge over alleged RNC voter suppression in 2016. A federal court uh, has rejected the DNC, uh, the DNC's legal challenge against its Republican counterpart, in which it argued GOP uh, operatives worked in within the Trump campaign to suppress minority votes in the lead up to the 2016 presidential election. That's actually very good news. That's actually extremely good news, and hopefully, that's going to translate into the future <laughs> of what we actually need. Not this idea of voter suppression, they're suppressing minorities, but rather we need to make sure that we have fair and legal elections. This can hopefully end up going towards, hey, we definitely need voter ID. Hey, uh, we definitely need to monitor elections. Because listen, at the end of the day, we know who's doing voter fraud. And I've said this before, I think I said it on the last episode, how sad it is that it's gerrymandering versus voter fraud. At the end of the day, I would prefer that my side win. Uh, because they're not, they're typically the people that don't want to destroy white people. Well, except for some of the Jewish folks that are, you know, I, I suspect that they used to vote Republican, but I don't think Bill Crystal votes Republican anymore. I like this idea a lot. 
if we can somehow be able to monitor elections, if we can somehow be able to uh, minimize the amount of fraud that's going on, uh, we might actually have a chance in places like Florida. When Florida slips away, if Florida gets peeled off, as it often does in a presidential election, we know that we're fucked. And we know Texas is a ticking time bomb. But how much of that is fraud? It's a great fucking deal. So if we are able to, to, to move the, the ball down the court in our direction, maybe we won't have so much fucking fraud. I still stand by what I said. It's gerrymandering versus voter fraud. But hey, if the courts say it's not voter suppression, eh, that's good. <laughs> I'm on their side, I guess. I'm on their side. Uh, let's get to this one. I feel like I'm just rushing through this thing, but it's okay. It's okay. It's my show. I can do whatever I want. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg will miss arguments for second week, but no further treatments planned. Ruth Bader Ginsburg's dead. Um, she's apparently making her rulings and hearing shit via phone. She had a good run, folks. She did. She ran for 25 years fucking up this country. All right. That's, well, longer than that. But that's how long she was on the Supreme Court. Or is, has been on the Supreme Court, as it were. As far as I know, she might be one of the first to, uh, to be, like, I, there seems to be something a little wrong about that. I personally suspect that she's dead. I don't know. I, I, I think that here's what's going to happen. There's been rumors flying around that she's going to, you know, retire, of which I think that she should. Not just because uh, she's awful, but because she's an old lady. And I believe that old people should just fucking retire. You got to enjoy those last few months of your life at very least. But, you know, if she does step down, the Democrats are going to be extremely pissed at her. And they're not going to, uh, you know, she won't have the legacy of this great person, this fantastic person that she has now. I could, I, I, I suspect she'll die on the court. She's probably already dead. She does not have that much time left. Now, we do have DACA going to the Supreme Court. And we should find out on Monday whether or not they're, you know, we're we're going to get that fast tracked along. Wouldn't that be interesting? Now, I do I do believe the makeup of the Supreme Court now will side with the president on DACA. I just wouldn't that be interesting if she just slips away over the weekend or retires. I think that they know that, and they are seriously just keeping her alive in a bed somewhere just for that. It's a disgusting and sad thing that they're doing to this woman, and I've said it countless times because I do mean it. Ginsburg should be allowed to retire. She should be allowed to die in peace, just like any of us should. And I wouldn't, I really wouldn't put it past them just be doing things for her. I mean, she, there's no way she's in good health. And it's not her fault. It's not like I'm like, ha ha, suck it, you old Jew. Like, that's not, it's not like that. It's not like that. She's just an old lady. She's just very old. She has arguably done her service for the country 
quite a bit. She served for 25 fucking years. That's a very, very long time. She should be able to just retire and die in peace. But instead, they've got her hooked up to some fucking life support machine somewhere. Hearing fucking arguments. I'm sure her, I'm sure her wits are still about her. That's one thing you can say about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But physically, she's going. Mentally, she's kind of still all there. She knows how to continue to be a cunt. Like, this is all willful on her part. But yeah, no further treatments planned and, and, and what have you. I think this is a lot of cope. Politico was saying that she was going to step down, but that was quickly hushed. Now, I would... I would venture to say that something maybe that happened within the Beltway was she's wanted to retire. And that was kind of the buzz. But everybody had to gather around and be like, hey, no, listen. You can't retire now. DACA's coming up. You gotta at least stick around for that. If we find out that DACA's going to be uh, before the Supreme Court on on Monday, it could very well, and I, I think that it would go our way. And it would be ruled that Okay, the president can do an executive order on this. Just how it was enacted through executive order by Barack Obama. But she's, you know, obviously is part of the dissenting opinion of that. And then she retires. Then then she retires. Because you know, Mike Pence was like, "Hey, we're not going to we're not going to deal with that. I can't do a Mike Pence." That's not how he talks at all. I'm Mike Pence. We're not going to have it. No, that was, that was too annoying. Uh, but Mike Pence said, Vice President Mike Pence, said, you know, they're not going to allow DACA to be part of the negotiating for, you know, closing up the shutdown or opening up the government, however you want to put it. Lindsey Graham wanted it. Hell, Trump even said that it was on the table. The Democrats, nope, not on the table. Got to go to the Supreme Court. I wouldn't be surprised at all if she retired right after that. As if they like didn't go to her and be like, you've got to just stick on for this one thing, have to descend to Because your legacy, you have a great legacy. They just made a movie about you. Because this is how Democrats talk. Like this. Can I have an iced latte? That, I th that's how I think they talk, all of them. Like Beto O'Rourke is like, hi, I'm Beto. Hi, I'm Tim Kaine. Bill Clinton here. Like, <laughs> I think the beer might be kicking in a little bit. But watch for that. I mean, she's either going to die or retire. I, I, I think so soon. And there's got to be a way to just keep her there. Well, she's got to, you know, vote and do everything by phone. This is Right to Bryden, the number one ADL honeypot podcast. Trump tweets into the void that shutdown sets record. This comes from AP. You remember what AP was supposedly not biased? Like, that's the way that it was reported. You know, it was like, oh, the AP confirmed. And every, like Fox and MSNBC were like, well, clearly that's that's what happened. Yes, back to you, other radio guy. Oh, good. Because that, that's how they all still talk. I thought this was a little funny. Uh, as a partial... 
as the partial government shutdown slipped into the record book Saturday as the longest ever, members of Congress were out of town. No negotiations were scheduled and President Trump tweeted into the void. He did not tip his hand on whether he will be he will move ahead with an emergency declaration that could break the impasse, free up money for his wall without congressional approval and kick off legal challenges as political storm as a political storm was over use of this that extraordinary step a day earlier. He said he was not ready to do it right now. I really just wanted to read it in that voice. I have I have no other fucking thing for this. Um Trump has not done the uh, 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 national emergency yet, nor do I think that he is going to any time in the close future. He did have this to say, and this is a good one because we got a good part at the end, too. Many of them agree with what I'm saying and what the people in this room or experts are saying. They don't want to see people killed because we can't do a simple border structure. Uh, and I appreciate their incredible support. We have... Yesterday, it was, I was watching this morning and reading this morning that so many people are saying the president is doing what's right. And even though it's affecting us short term, temporarily, as you know, a bill was just passed, which I will sign in Congress, making sure that everybody's going to be paid immediately upon uh, when this is over. Uh, but I just really appreciate the fact that uh, they, they have handled it so incredibly well. And many of them agree with what we're doing. We have no choice. Steve, go ahead. Well, 24 hours ago, you were saying you were probably going to declare a national emergency. No, I said I could do it, but it's, well, I'll tell you why. It's the easy way out, but Congress should do this. This is too simple. It's too basic. And Congress should do this. If they can't do it, if at some point they just can't do it, this is a 15-minute meeting. If they can't do it, I will declare a national emergency. I have the absolute right to do it. It says as clear as you can. Now, what will happen? I'll be sued. It'll be brought to the Ninth Circuit. And maybe even though the wording is unambiguous, just like with the travel ban, It'll be appealed to the Ninth Circuit, and we'll probably lose there, too, and then hopefully we'll win in the Supreme Court. But that's what happens. You can take the most perfectly worded document, as we have in this case, and they'll always bring it to the Ninth Circuit. And then you never know what's going to come out of the Ninth Circuit, and you never know what's going to come out on appeal. But fortunately, we have a Supreme Court that's treated us very fairly. So. I'd rather not do it because this is something that Congress should easily do. This is something that the Democrats should do. And I don't want to give an easy way out of something as simple as this. Not only simple, it's easy and it's going to secure our country. You know, we have a, a country that is under siege. You could actually, you know, a lot of people don't like the word invasion. We have a country that's being invaded by criminals and by drugs, and we're going to stop it. So I want the Democrats to come back to Washington and vote. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Okay, now hold on. We got we got a little bit. We got to skip ahead a little bit, and then you can listen to. Uh, you can hear uh, our our buddy Jim Acosta. Start to start start to just. 
ramp up his uh, thing, you know, because it's the way he is. So we were like, all right, thank you, everybody. Get the fuck out. President's got shit to do. And then that's when Jim Acosta starts. Okay, so Jim Acosta said, you don't have any, uh, anything, do you have anything to say about the accusations that you're overhyping the problem? Thank you very much. Thank you. Good job yesterday. I appreciate your sales pitch. So the president says to Jim Acosta, good job yesterday. I appreciate your sales pitch. Obviously, he's talking about uh, Jim Acosta going down to, to uh, a city in Texas. And you're like, oh, there's a wall here. And uh, uh, sometimes some places there's not a wall, but I, I don't see an invasion. It's rather tranquil. I appreciate your I sales. Didn't, I didn't see an invasion at the border. Oh, you didn't? I know. That's because we had a wall. <laughs> Actually, there are, there are portions that didn't have a wall. Some people are dumb. Did you hear that? President Trump just said, some people are dumb. Good promotion for us. Did you see that, Lindsay? Did you see that, Jimmy Costa? What a fucking prick. What a stooge. What a tremendous asshole Jimmy Costa is. Now, we do have uh, uh, a couple problems here. Third suspected drug tunnel discovered near Arizona border. Border. A tunnel that Mexico, uh, Mexican authorities suspect was used to transfer drugs and people across the border was discovered this week near Arizona. The third such tunnel found this month. Now, Mexico hasn't said much about it other than it was like 35, uh, 34 feet long. Uh, I'm sorry, 32 feet long, it says here uh, in the hill. 32 feet long. It was in a video that, uh, uh, that they put out. And holy shit, what timing on that? Now, I don't believe that Mexico is actually working with us in the way that we would like them to. Uh, it is good to know uh, about that. And man, I, it just, it makes me think that you could probably tunnel under checkpoints, you know, like ports of entry. You might be able to tunnel under those too. But it's funny to say that like, oh, we can't have a wall because somebody could build a tunnel. Or Diane Feinstein, uh, we, we, we can't, you know, uh, half of, uh, half of the, the illegals here overstayed their visas. So what good would a wall do? Well, that means that like half it would work. Like the president said, some people are dumb. And they're not going to get through a tunnel. Those are very advanced tunnels, guys. They're not, they're, they're not half-assed tunnels. They're not built by dogs. When they say coyotes, they mean people. These are very advanced tunnels. That's why we should beef up the ports of industry. We should also have a wall. If the Democrats were serious about any of this stuff, they would be for both. And, hey, Dianne Feinstein, you said it, not me. Maybe let's stop giving visas to people. I don't know. I'd be okay with that. It's funny when people say that, like, oh, you know, nobody's against all immigration. I am. I'm against all of it, please. And we'll go into, as we explore it Wednesday... We're waiting on this. The president's tweet that I know you're all concerned about with the uh, H-1B visas. We'll explore that if anything happens from it. Because you can't talk about it every time the president tweets. Otherwise, you're just CNN. But these tunnels are like serious business. 
you gotta check this out. I'll actually uh, I'll put it into the into the chat, and you can obviously find it in the show notes. Check out the videos of these. Like, check out the photos of some of these fucking tunnels. Now they're obviously crude compared to I don't know wine cellars or something like that, but they clearly get the job done. So I wonder how many of these there actually are. But I am suspect of the timing. I'm quite suspect of the timing of this. Or at least the reporting of it. I'm sure Mexico reports to the U.S. all the time like, Hey, senor, we found another drug tunnel. It's fucking crazy, man. They, they like to they like to dig. I don't know. But the timing of the reporting is just a little suspect. Now, let's get a little congrats on the shutdown. Let's go old school Republican for a second and get a little congrats on the shutdown. This is being reported negatively. The seven Republicans who voted against back pay for furloughed workers. The House and Senate this week voted overwhelmingly to provide back pay uh, to about 800,000 federal workers who are going without paychecks because of the partial government shutdown. And the president's on board with it. That's what he was just talking about in that speech. He's fine with it. He wants them to get back paid. I understand that. But seven lawmakers, all House Republicans, opposed the measure with those no votes. Uh, we got uh, uh, Justin Amash, uh, Andy Biggs, Paul Gazar, Glenn Grothman. Uh, the only one I really care about here is, is Thomas Massey, Chip Roy, and Ted Yoho. Um, good. The way I've looked at it is, man, if you are a government worker, uh, fuck yourself. I don't think that they should get back pay for not working. Mick Mulvaney was like, hey, uh, dude, it worked out for him. They didn't have to take vacation days because he knew they was going to get paid too. There's no reason to complain about them not getting paid. They're not getting paid. Because they're going to get paid. And they're going to get paid in a big old chunk. And then guess what? All those big black TSA workers are going to go to the bar. And they're going to fuck their whole goddamn weekends up. I'm not thrilled with them getting back pay. I don't think that they should. I think that they're like, honestly, we've gone 22 days now with the government being shut down. We should just try shutting down more of it because it hasn't affected any of our lives. Like none. It has not affected our lives. If you are part of the 800,000 federal workers that listen to this show, you're probably on the president's side. It might have affected your life. But guess what? I don't think that any of you are. Most of those federal workers are Democrats. So maybe I'm a little bit of a dick and, you know, and a little biased about like, you know, maybe don't pay him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Right to Brighton. We're America Bish. I'm kind of fine with nobody ever getting paid again, though, honestly, because of the way that some of you people act with your money. Uh, if you gave to that GoFundMe for the wall, you're a dummy. $20 million raised for GoFund, uh, raised in GoFundMe for Trump border wall will be refunded. But, Brian, we knew it was going to be refunded. We knew that it wasn't going to, you know, there was going to be no way. Well, it was, yeah, except some of you were telling me the other day about it, you know, but you were wrong on Twitter, and that's okay. Um, I'm, not, I'm not mad at you. Most of you probably don't even listen to the show. It's just the Twitter people, really. But check this one out. 
GoFundMe said Friday that it would refund 20 million raised by more than 300,000 donors for the border wall, uh, aiming at raising a billion dollars. Brian Colfedge, who, by the way, doesn't even have his arm, uh, doesn't even have some of his arms and legs. So how are you even going to trust him? Pretty sure he probably sold those for drugs. All right. So the veteran who create. Oh, shit. Wait, never mind. Fuck. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, who created the account last month originally pledged that every single penny would be refunded if the original goal had not been ne had not been met. Now here's where it gets weird because I thought, what a fucking conster when I saw the damn thing. He knew he wasn't going to raise a billion dollars, nor could the government take it anyway, nor would they. Plus, you have to think about like you know, even uh, a domain that the that the, the that the government's going to have to do, of which is a thing that I think is unfair. But again, we have to win this one. I'd rather. I'd rather win this one that I'm willing to sacrifice principles to win an objective. Not very conservative of me, but sometimes you got to do that shit because the opposition is constantly wanting to do that because they don't have a set of principles. So uh, he updated the page on Friday saying that the federal government would not be able to accept the 20 million uh, soon. Soon, uh, while uh, Colfidge said the money donated to the original campaign would go to the government to fund a border wall, he wrote Friday that he has since formed a nonprofit corporation in Florida named We Build the Wall Incorporated to receive the GoFundMe uh, contributions. Nobody, well, luckily, nobody has ever used a nonprofit corporation to pocket money, except all of nonprofit corporations in the history of time. We are better equipped than our government to use the donated funds to build an actual wall on the southern border, uh, he wrote. Our highly experienced team is highly confident uh, uh, that we can complete significant segments of the wall in less time for far less money than the federal government while meeting and exceeding all required regulatory engineering and environmental specifications. The page now states that the funds raised will be used in execution of our mission and purpose for his new created nonprofit. Um, so yeah, they were like, fuck that shit. He says that he wouldn't take a penny in comp compensation of these donations. Again, I don't, oh, I just get paid a dollar. Like suck a dick. This guy, I don't care how many arms and legs he has. I don't care that he's a veteran. I don't trust him. I haven't trusted him from the fucking start. GoFundMe says, fuck that shit. And they're just refunding everything. Do not give your money to shitty GoFundMe fucking weird bullshit. I don't know. That's pretty much all I have, honestly. Like, uh, yeah, I guess that's it, probably. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. I know this was kind of a lazy one, fellas. Uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? It uh, just sometimes is the way that it is. Um and yeah i wish i could uh find any appropriate outro fucking music here but yeah i i don't know we'll see y'all we'll see you on saturday spicky or we'll see you on wednesday spicky hopefully should be back uh check out the matt forney uh broadcast which i will be on shortly after this uh if i can ever find anything in the entire world um but yeah sometimes you just get a lazy one guys sometimes you just get a fucking lazy one because it's kind of a slow fucking news week Frankly, like, government's still shut down. Yeah, that's kind of the way, uh, it's kind of the way that it is. I don't know. Maybe something interesting and terrible will happen.